I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is normally where I would say it's going to be Buccaneers against the Eagles. And we get the full preview, but we got an extra day. We got Monday night football. Ba, 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 ba. Second straight year. The Bucks get the Monday night football. So there's been two Monday night football playoff games in NFL history. Ever. And the Bucks yeah. are in both of them. Yeah. How lucky are we? Who has it better than us? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Because, man, you know, far be it from us to have a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, which is what I really want. That aside, um, we, we'll talk about, obviously, this game today and, and then, of course, on uh, on Sunday as we'll talk about all the previous playoff games, we'll know pretty much where everybody is headed uh, based on the final Monday night result and, you know, go for it from there. But um, they're still a couple days away and, and, you know, they had practice as they always do on Thursday. This would have been like a Wednesday practice normally because uh, they had the bonus day, you know, yesterday. But uh, so they had to project sort of who would have gone <laughs> had they done more than just sort of walk through in their shorts and no helmets. Uh, and so they had Baker Mayfield as a did not participate, even though clearly he was out there just like the other guys standing around. Um, so he would not have gone. And Tristan Wirfs has an illness, which you never like to see because you don't know. You know, there's some powerful crap out there right now that's, you know, respiratory and other stuff. So I, uh, hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. But you don't want to see a guy down, down for the count like that. And he's been battling really a bad shoulder uh, for some time now. He's playing through it, and I I guess he's holding up. That's all you want him to do, but uh, they certainly couldn't afford to lose a Tristan Wirfs at this time, so we'll have to watch that one. And, you know, everybody else, K.J. Britt might have been iffy, you know, had they had, they had to practice. Um, but for the most part, they're, they're a pretty healthy team. And, and, you know, that's the other thing. Like I was looking at, you know, sort of when they played – the Eagles the first time and you know Mayfield Baker Mayfield's talked about this like they were it was only their third week of their season and even though they got off to a good start the three and one start the one was the Eagles game and really it was it was a couple things they didn't do anything on offense very well and they were still trying to figure out who they were and all that but defensively you know they didn't have some guys out there different than what they have now anyway I should say but Carlton Davis didn't play in that game Jamel Dean came out about halfway through it. Um, and if you look at their defense now, you know, you see guys like Kalijah Kansi, who wasn't playing. And then, of course, Yaya Diaby, who's been terrific and led this team in sacks and also really good against the run. So without those players and it being early in the season and then falling behind, you know, as they did, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles were able to just crease them. I mean, they ran it 40 times for 201 yards. And any time a team's doing that to you, you got time of possession issues, um, just everything, right? Like, they just they just weren't competitive that day. And then, then the defense of the Eagles, especially their front, is really, really good. So 
they kind of played into the Eagles' hands, and that's when the Eagles were the Eagles. They they got off to that ten and one start. Now, for whatever you know, for a multitude of reasons, they've started to implode, and you know they're the team that's now lost five out of six, and Matt Patricia has taken over, and that's been a disaster. And they're giving up thirty points a game uh, during that stretch. It's I think they're thirty thirty first in the NFL uh, over the past six games. By the way, the Bucks defense, and this is interesting to me, over the past six games would rank second in scoring defense. Of course, the shutout helps, but that's a big disparity between the Eagles 31st and the Bucks second. You know, So if momentum means anything, and sometimes it does, um, then the Bucks have it, the Eagles don't. And, and I would be really concerned about Hurts because – you know, it's his middle finger of his throwing hand. Uh, if he's not going to test that thing and he's not able to rip it the way he needs to, or if it just bothers him in general, you know, you're a hit away. So, you know, that's that's kind of daunting. So both quarterbacks are sort of questionable for this one in terms of, you know, just how well they can play physically. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I think it's a toss-up game, Steve. I mean, normally I would give Philadelphia a huge edge. But I don't think Philadelphia is Philadelphia like they were last year or early in the season. They're definitely not. Um, and I, look, I think a lot of what's going to happen depends on Jalen Hurts. Yes, it does. You know, I mean, we know their their defense, particularly their secondary, can be had. Mm-hmm. And so, tell me how healthy Jalen Hurts is, right? And tell me which Baker Mayfield we see. Are we seeing that's the, the Baker Mayfield that's taking risks and throwing his body around? Or are we going to see a Baker Mayfield that's patient and mm-hmm. taking what the defense gives you and playing for the next down, not this play, so to speak? Right. Um, you know, if if the Baker Mayfield that can play smart and patient shows up, then I like the Bucks' chances. Right. No, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think that, it, you know, obviously the quarterback's a big key. He's got to, you know, play to the strengths of their team. He's got to play complementary football right now. This is as good as the Bucks' defenses play. I recognize mm-hmm. they shut out the Panthers, and that was their second straight shutout. So maybe that's no great shakes. But, you know, um, but but they're, they're – I, first thing I look at when you get to the postseason is how healthy is the teams, you know. Bucks offensive line is is fairly together, fairly intact. I know they've got some guys beat up, including Worfs, but they're healthy. Um, Secondary is healthy. They probably got more guys back on defense than they've had all year, right? And those young guys have added something to it. and And they're not just rookies anymore. They're actually playing. You know, they understand sort of where they fit in the defense and and what teams are trying to do to them. So they've been impactful. They've been They've been impact players. You know, those are two guys in Kansi and Diaby that the Eagles have not seen, and they're going to have to deal with them. Um, you know, the Eagles' offensive line is terrific, especially on paper. Uh, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, those guys, you know, they're awfully good. So, you know, that that's a tough matchup. But if, if you've not been playing well and you've not been running the football, you know, it, it I think it's it, these playoff games always come down to who makes the fewest mistakes. And, you know, when the Bucks take care of the football and when they get a turnover or two, um, they win games. And, and that's, you know, sort of their, their recipe. So Baker has been talking an awful lot, almost sort of convincing himself, I think, that 
hey, if I just take what's there, if I just protect the football, if I let our defense do its work, if I can get across the 50-yard line, right, then we can start thinking about points because we have a great kicker and, you know, you know, just, just move the ball, you know, stay, stay ahead of the chains, down in distance, don't get in third and long, stuff like that. We should be okay. And I think he's right. I, I think too many teams are attacking this Eagles defense and having success um, that there's no reason to think that the Bucks can't do it, you know. And, you know, they got, they got guys that have been in this situation. I've heard this a lot this week, and I've probably heard another playoff series too, but just sort of how locked in everybody is, you know, like we're really locked in. Um, you should be because there's, there's only a few teams still playing, but it's, it's kind of good to hear it universally. Like guys can feel that they're, you know, more on top of the details and, um, you know, not making mistakes and, and things like that. So, you know, we'll see, but, but as I don't know that you could ask for a better team to play in the first round than one that's been scuffling as bad as Philadelphia has. You know, I've seen teams limp to the finish like this, and they rarely are able to turn it around, you know, in the playoffs. Some do. You know, some can flip the switch. You hear that a lot. Um, and if if there is something that's holding Jalen Hurts back throughout the year, like his knee injury, this is the time he's going to let it go. You know, this is that he's made it through the regular season. He's in the postseason now. This is your run. Um, so you know, everybody's going to play a hundred percent and then, you know, worry about the injuries later, but you know, to come in with something on your throwing hand, um, you know, to have some of your, your top, you know, your top weapons on offense also dinged up, uh, as they, they have with, uh, with what Brown, I think has got a knee injury. Um, you know, so, I mean, AJ is, is, you know, as good a receiver as there in this league and he's battling a knee injury. You know, that's tough. You know, that's tough. But they're still going to turn and hand it off, and it'll be up to the Bucks to play defense and, you know, see where they go from there. But we've still got, you know, today's practice, which is, you know, normally a Friday, but it's a, it's like a Thursday practice. They're going to practice, of course, on Saturday, which is like a Friday practice to them. We won't have access on Sunday. And then, you know, it's interesting because the Monday night game, while not preferred by a lot of people, especially me, um, is, you know, because what you're looking at, if you win, you're looking at a short week for round two, and nobody really wants that. But for the Bucks and maybe for the Eagles too, you know, this has worked out well because the, I'm telling you, those extra hours, those extra, that, that even the the fact that it's Monday night, you know, um, it's like an extra day. It, it, it will help Baker Mayfield, um, and to some extent it should help Jalen Hurts too, Um, but that's going to be big for this round and, and then we'll see, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I talked to Thad Lewis about Baker and, and of course, you know, he says the guys is as tough as their count as it comes, but he kind of has to be just smarter, you know, about stuff and really gets football almost too smart, you know, almost anticipates, you know, defenses doing stuff that they're not doing (laughs) at times and like, you know, just keep it simple, stupid. You know, the old kiss thing. Like you just, you, you just have to, you just have to be really careful with the ball and and make positive plays and not put yourself in harm's way. And if he can do that, um, I think they have a really good chance. So we'll see. Um, you know, it's funny you're sitting there saying that. 
It sure sounds like the same quarterback that Tampa Bay's had for the last three years is what you're describing. Well, yeah. I mean, it, when Tom played that way, you know, and that was the great thing about Brady. And I think, you know, Brady played for so many years and he figured it out pretty early on that, one, you can't expose yourself to hits because you're no good to your team if you can't play. You know, if, if Baker Mayfield has to limp to the bench, uh, you know, gets hit in the ribs again, runs around, takes shots, you know, the, you got to be on the field. And and Brady got to the point in his career after the ACL, he's like, I'd rather miss or lose two games in a row than miss the next 10. Um, well, now there's no tomorrow. But, you know, yeah, that's that was Tom's secret sauce was the game is very simple. It's just, it's it's hard to do. But it's it's simple in the sense that, you know, you, you take what is there. You really do, you know. And he would break it down to, hey, play cover two, we're going to run the ball, you know. Uh, if you come up and try to play the run, we're going to throw it over your head. If you play outside leverage, we're going to throw it inside. If you play inside leverage, we're going to throw it outside, you know. Uh, he did not, um, you know, try to be the hero on every single down, you know. He just, to him, it was about points, you know. Like, you know, you got to score points. You got to score you know, somehow you got to come up with 450 yards. You know, whether you throw it for 350 and you run it for 100 or you run it for 200 and you throw it for 250, like that's the number, like 400, let's just say 400 yards. And then you need you need 30 points, you know. You want to try to get 30 points every game. And, you know, and so he would kind of break it down that way. Um, and it was about completions, you know, like, there are some games where Baker, you look up and you go, wow, he's only got like 15, 16 completions, you know. Now, he didn't throw it as much as Tom, but you got to complete a lot of footballs. You know, you got you got to make positive yards, and, you know, you can't be around. We've seen Baker, and that's that's the one, you know, the, I think the, the legit criticism of Baker Mayfield this year, and he had a career year. I mean, the most yards he's thrown for, the most touchdowns, you know, only 10 interceptions, highest completion percent he tied career highs or exceeded actually career highs um this year for the bucks only the second quarterback in bucks history to throw for more than four thousand yards right so that's that's really saying something when brady you know threw for over five thousand three years in a row i think but so having said all that um you ride the roller coaster with him a bit you know you just even during the winning streak man 48.3 percent you know twice you know including the you know he has the big drive against Atlanta and they win that game and the defense holds um and you know uh he had a couple games like that going into the streak and then you know then he then he just rips it then he sets a record at Lambeau Field for the you know the highest quarterback rating perfect quarterback rating never happened before for a visiting quarterback at Lambeau just on fire can't miss every throw is on the screws and they have the big they have the big day and then he comes back, he does the same thing pretty much against Jacksonville. You know, down the field throws, big plays, um, you know, accurate, can't miss again, another big yardage day. And then, you know, at the end of, uh, they played New Orleans Saints, which has been their kryptonite at home for years. And New Orleans comes in here and just beats them up, just physically beats up the offensive line, beats up the quarterback, um, and then, of course, he takes a bit hit from Tyrone Matthew and a two-point conversion, and now he's, you know, literally trying to catch his breath on the sideline, and you're thinking, okay, well, he might just have finished, you know, his season and might not be able to play now in the postseason. Guts it out, comes back, and has a horrific game, I thought, against Carolina, which Carolina is 
people look at them and they go, well, they only won two games. But it's not because of their defense. Their defense is a top five defense in the NFL. It's sneaky good, especially their front, you know, with Brian Burns and those guys, Brown. And and so, you know, they they had to struggle to win, but they knew the way their defense was playing. And, and Winfield, you know, takes the seven off the board. If they could get up on Carolina, especially two scores, it was over. Um, and so they didn't press the issue, and they got they got the three field goals, and that was all it needed. But think about how those those six games went. You know, it was up and down, and pretty much your quarterback was that. You know, and and he knows it. He'll he's said it several times from the podium that, you know, I I've got to play better. I've got to be more consistent. You know, Bowles is defending him and said, well, it's not just one player, but the guy with the ball always is going to set the tone for the offense and. If he's playing well, if he's doing the right things and moving the team um, and not making mistakes, then you got a chance. But with the Baker Mayfield experience, and, you know, again, first year in the system, new player, I get all that. But in general, it's been sort of a wild ride, you know, kind of an up and down thing. And if he's if he comes out and he plays like good Baker Mayfield can play, then you you can beat anybody, you know especially a, an underachieving, wounded Philadelphia Eagles team that the fans are all over. Um, on the other hand, if you're not doing those things and your offense is making mistakes or you know, creating, you know, putting the ball on the ground or throwing interceptions or jumping off sides and things like that, they're going to beat you. you know, th- that's the difference in the playoffs is every team you play now will take advantage of every mistake. You, know, you, you can't give teams anything in the postseason. Because if you do, if you give them a turnover, if you give them a kick return, if you give them any kind of momentum, um, that you know the ball's in the end zone, and and so teams cannot beat themselves when they get here. You know you can get away with that crap during the regular season, and you might win some games, you might lose a couple. It's no big deal, but there is literally no tomorrow as far as the postseason goes. So all that stuff will bury you. You know, and and this team has shown at times that you know. They're, they're not safe with the ball, and, you know, a lot of that is Baker. But if he plays the right way, um, yeah, I give, him a, I give him a good shot, you know. And, shoot, they've earned a chance to be at home, and that home field is supposed to count for something in the NFL. And if every home team wins, your reward is you get to go to San Francisco <laughs> on a short week. So, woo you know. Now, if we're having that conversation a week from now, it's going to sound a lot different than this one. I assure you, <laughs> because them boys can ball. <laughs> Good luck defense, man. And they're going to be rested and they're going to be healthy. And whoever goes in there is going to have their hands full. So, uh, but that's, that's a different show for a different week and all of that. Hey, we did have some more NFL coaching news. Holy cow. What a week. This will be remembered as uh, when the legends, Bailed, I guess you would say, but all at once. Anyway, for the past 14 years, the uh, skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems now in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Now, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors. They've always offered the safest and the most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year, no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means that for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, 
means your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new, new homeowners as well with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, the, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of its program. May Electric Solar's reputation and their history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Well, uh, you know, I woke up, was going to read some more about the coaching searches over there and you know, the coaches getting fired and coaches resigning and things. We saw Pete Carroll. We see Mike Vrabel go in, in Tennessee. And lo and behold, you know, Nick Saban, that was, that was a huge, huge deal the other day with uh, him deciding to step aside at age 72. And then, bam, first thing in the morning, according to my sources, Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots decided to go their separate ways. And so they did. And and it was, you know, what was unusual was, this is kind of awkward, and it's it, it it's so Belichickian and 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 kind of appropriate for the, the the awkwardness of this season. Is that both Belichick and Bob Kraft had press conferences, but they basically did not take any questions. At least initially, in this one with Belichick, Belichick kind of read a statement, thanked everybody. Kraft was up there, and then Kraft kind of did the same. And then I guess Kraft was gonna answer questions later, but not Belichick, you know, and he was very cordial and, you know, wow, 24 years and how grateful he was to Mr. Kraft and this, that, and the other said all the right things, hit all the right notes, but it was just kind of clunky, which I guess you would expect from Bill because <laughs> he's not exactly, you know, glib on the podium anyway. Um, but there's still, it, it's, it's interesting sort of how they came to this agreement, if that's what it is, or, you know, Clearly, I think Belichick is going to have lots of options out there. And I, I would just say that, that there's two that make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I'm going to just eliminate Carolina because I don't think that ownership is stable enough for Belichick to take that on with David Tepper. I really don't. And everybody has a price, and you know, and, and there is a you know good college quarterback that his good buddy Nick Saban coached in Bryce Young in Carolina, and I think Bryce is, is going to be really good. So there's some attractiveness there, but the one that that intrigues me for Belichick right now is the Atlanta Falcons, because I Arthur Blank is 81 years old, and he has desperately wanted to win a Super Bowl. Of course, Brady ripped it out of his hands in that one Super Bowl when they were up what 24 to three or something like that. You say, how would the fan base take hiring him? Because he kicked their butt. <laughs> when 28 to 3 will come up all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it will. But this the old, if you can't beat them, hire them uh, deal. He would, you know, he would be theirs now. Um, I always felt this way. If Brady went to the Jets, they would have embraced him there, you know, as much of a rival as they were. But uh, it's a fair question. And, and look, Atlanta doesn't have a quarterback. And there's no way around that because if you're just looking for, you know, quarterback situations, then you have to go and play or coach the Chargers. I mean, that's the number one. Justin Herbert is sort of the, you know, the team that has the best quarterback currently um, that can play. But I don't know that the Spanos are, are going to, you know, that ownership is going to throw the kind of money at Belichick that other, other owners will. 
you know. Um, and so, you know, Washington is still a storied franchise. Um, you do have a quarterback there. You do have a high draft pick. So there's some things you could do there. Uh, Atlanta, you would need a quarterback. You still got to address that position some way, somehow. But um, it's a much better team on paper than what their record would indicate. Could he and Mike Vrabel just switch spots? <laughs> Go to Tennessee? Yeah, well, maybe. But again, you don't have a quarterback there. I guess you got a young guy in Will Levis, but I don't. I don't know what Belichick. You know, I don't. Here's the thing. He wants to run down Don Shula. Let's say he coaches two mm-hmm. to three years. And that's the other thing you're looking at is if I hire this guy, it's kind of like hiring Tom Brady at 42. You know, like how long do we think he's got? How, how small is this window? I, I don't think that Belichick's going to coach till he's 80. Um, and so, I, you know, unlike Saban, who I think is going to end up at ESPN, I'm not sure he's ever going to do broadcasting either. So, you know, you figure two, maybe three years, he can get you over the hump. And and that's not a lot of teams out there, but the ones that think they can, you know, build it quick and it's a, still a, still a fairly simple division, good you know good defense and and some nice pieces on offense that aren't being used properly. Like maybe, I think he's going to look hard at ownership. You know, I think that's going to be a a big part of what's going to convince him. Because remember, he you know, he's coming from Bob Kraft, you know, who would give every every coach everything he needed to try to win so not sure not a lot of times these things are sort of further down the road than you think you know and and they happen rather quickly maybe this one will too the word is that in new england now as we're doing this at i don't know very early on friday morning uh the word is on england that jared mayo which has been belichick's sort of kind of handpick successor in a weird way that he might actually be getting that job as opposed to Mike Brable or somebody like that. That would be interesting. But as you said, it's been rumored for a long time that that's yeah. kind of, it's almost, is that the Bruce Arians to kind of the Todd Bowles yeah. scenario? Yeah. It, it kind of feels that way because you know, one, you know, Bob Kraft could have said, Hey, um, I'm willing to let you go, but a team's going to have to trade for you. And he, he didn't do that, and he didn't do it with Brady. Uh, obviously, Brady became a free agent, but he, he, you know, he could ask for compensation for Belichick, and he's not doing. He's saying, "Thank you for the twenty, twenty, what four years or whatever it's been. Um, you're free to go." But maybe, maybe it's it's that you know simple because in their talks. Uh, Kraft agreed to what Belichick wants in terms of a succession plan. Like he was, you know, advocating, endorsing, otherwise demanding <laughs> that mm-hmm. his guy Mayo get get the shot at being his successor. You don't all often get to pick successors, but you, you you're right. Bruce Arians did. You know, Todd Bowles did not necessarily expect this job, and and Todd Bowles would, I'm convinced, not be a head coach today. If Bruce Arians doesn't say, hey, I'm going to resign, but you have to agree that my guys stay and that, and that Todd becomes head coach. And, and the Glazers were okay with it, you know, for now. And, and then after the first year, Todd went and fired a lot of those guys that Bruce was trying to save. But that aside, um, it's worked. You know, now has it, the other thing we can talk about on Monday will be, you know, is Todd Bowles actually safe? You know, 
Is does he have to win this playoff game? Does he have to have a good showing in this playoff game with all the names that are floating about out there in sort of this you know rare convergence of you know unbelievable coaching talent? Um, but that's that's for another show. But I maybe Bill know. Belichick's going to Alabama. <laughs> that would be a story. That would be good. Uh, we're on to Auburn. It's really remarkable. You know, those two were together for so long, you know, especially like, you know, in Cleveland. And you look at the path that they took. And, of course, you know, Nick Saban, if he gets Drew Brees, you know, uh, maybe he becomes, maybe maybe he wins a bunch of Super Bowls. You know, maybe he's 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 Belichick. But it didn't work in Miami with the Dolphins, and he comes back out and he gets to Alabama, and the rest is history. And so, you know, they're good friends. They're very much alike. Uh, they see the game the same way. They have similar temperaments. And when, I'll be damned if one isn't the greatest college football coach who ever breathed and the other one has all the receipts in the NFL of everybody, you know, with the exception of just pure wins, which mm-hmm. is Don Shula's record, but, you know, smashed the most Super Bowls, all that stuff. It, it's a remarkable pair. You know, those two guys, friends like they are, that they've accomplished what they have, you know, at, at, at different levels of in, in football. But um, I know Belichick wants to keep going. I think Saban kind of hinted, I thought, in his interview with uh, Chris Fowler that he's going to end up on ESPN. Um, I believe it was Chris. No, it wasn't Chris Fowler. It was a guy from uh, Game Day. Reese Davis. Reese Davis, yeah. Uh, I think it was Reese. But um, I, th- I think he's going to end up on ESPN, whether that's doing the McAfee show more or what, I don't know. But uh, well, probably... you know, there's there's extra slots now that Aaron Rodgers isn't on there anymore. That's well, that's true. That's true. And he and Nick has been on there all year. But yep, there's also you could also squeeze him on game day if you needed to. You know, I mean, they all but sort of during their interview made it sound like yeah. You, you know, think I'll he be... could put on headgear and replace Lee Corso at some point? <laughs> no. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't see him putting on, you know, the Buckeye or anything like that. Um, Buckeye, whatever his name is. But, yeah, Brutus, is that it? Brutus mm-hmm. Buckeye? Yep. I don't see the headgear necessarily. But, I, but you know, I, I, I do see him. He, he made this clear. He goes, I'm not, he goes, look, I'm not stopping. To, I'm not, not working. I'm not just going to mm-hmm. play golf and, you know, I, I want to work. He, he, goes, can, but, he can be very insightful. Oh, and, well, I mean, you know, and so can Belichick. You know, mm-hmm. I think Belichick gets the rap for his boring press conferences because he's just not interested in, in dealing with the media. Um, but when he goes, he's got mm-hmm. more knowledge than anybody. He's fascinating to listen to. And Saban has done enough TV, you know, and Aflac commercials mm-hmm. to know that he's got a little bit of a personality. Right? And, and he can talk football like nobody's business. So, you know, he said, he goes, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to get up every day and watch Netflix. <laughs> right. Which to which I said, What's wrong with that? What's wrong with getting every day and watching Netflix? That's my dream retirement. Were you kidding me? <laughs> but he says, you know, I still I still want to work. Mm-hmm. I just know that it, whether it was this year, next year, or the year after, you know, everybody was gonna wonder and I was, you know, when is it gonna happen? So I might as well kinda get to it. You know. Yeah, I was fascinated. But, I heard an interview I, he was on the McAfee show after he lost to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they kind of asked him about, you know, what happened in the game. And one of the things he said, I didn't think about this. He said, we struggled defensively. 
He goes, because Michigan was the first team we played all year that huddled. He said, normally well, the teams, you know, they're not necessarily they hurry their up, hand. but yeah. they, they're in a formation, and so the defense then reacts to that. Then you look at your coaches, and then the offense changes based on what the defense does. Right. He says, Michigan was the first team all year that huddled, so we didn't know what their formation was. Mm-hmm. And so when they came out, we started to make adjustments, and we missed. We're trying to line miscommunication. up. Miscommunication. There were some miscommunications. Yeah. There were some blown coverages, things like that, because it was something we hadn't dealt with all year. Mm-hmm. Because Michigan's one of the few teams that huddles anymore. It's interesting because, you know, I, I think that Harbaugh ran his team the way NFL teams run. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and college football has become, you know, first of all, nobody run blocks because no one's ever in a crouched, you know, three-point stance. They're always, mm-hmm. you know, in pass protection stances and shotgun and, yep. you know, all of this. And they, they do. They get all their signals from the line of scrimmage, and that's why Michigan's able to steal the signals. Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? Um, but, yeah, they huddle and they come out, and, and you're right. You know, you got to adjust to their for- formations, and they're you're looking to the sidelines. It's so stupid to me that they don't have helmet communicators like they do in the NFL. This this whole look to the sidelines stuff is annoying. But they're trying to get lined up, and Michigan's hey, already in. The Rick, deploy. they don't have enough money to pay players. How are they going right? to pay for that system? Right? You hey, you need four helmets with those damn things in there, man. It's not it's not cheap. Trust me. Well, again, although I mean, it, it's more than just that. But and the, yeah. the the hard part of college is because there's no one running college football. But, well, yeah, there's no commissioner. Okay, yeah. the SEC and Big Ten, you pretty pretty easy to they implement whatever it. else. But then you start getting to the you know. Conference USA, lower level, yeah. The Mountain West, and and how do you right. implement this fairly? I mean, the NFL's got a very specific system where the helmets are there, but at 15 seconds left in the play clock, it's shut it off. Goes and off, yeah. And is that going to happen to everybody? And who's monitoring that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. And you know, the NFL has independent people running those at each stadium. Not oh yeah, not team Shoot. employees. Well, is college going to have that? No, there's nobody running college football. How are they going to do that? Like exactly. Yeah, there's uh-huh. no competitive balance. And if you think they're stealing signs now, just just wait until they can get on a frequency. <laughs> the Alabama team. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, like somebody's going to hack in there and go, okay, they're running this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they that's part of it, I think. It really is. Um, but, yeah, interesting that the, that the, the huddle mm-hmm. <laughs> of all things is what, is, is but, what kind of affected yeah, them. Yeah, but my point of that was that, you know, that Saban – when he's on television, gives some great insight, whether it's his oh, team or fantastic. others. And, 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 you know, you don't always think that when you think of him. But, you know, every time I've seen him do interviews, you know, besides just the, the customary, you know, sideline one for whatever. But, mm-hmm. when he, you know, actually sitting down doing interviews, like he's very insightful and, and willing to to talk and, and explain and, you know, mm-hmm. something that Belichick often isn't. But if you ask the right, right. questions, he is. Well, Belichick's the guy that he's kind of this geek, right? He's mm-hmm. a little bit of a nerd, but like if you ask him about the evolution of long snappers <laughs> and where that began, he'll give you a half hour and it's the most brilliant stuff you've ever heard. Right? Like you don't want any of it and I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but like the guy knows football mm-hmm. and you talk about it ad nauseum and, and he's a you know, he's a terrific student of the game. But he's he's just not willing, you know, he's just not been that guy that's he, he just doesn't really embrace the whole media thing. And really Saban didn't either. It was all about rat poison and things like that. Um, but Nick was much better along those lines. And yeah, he'll, he'll be on game day. 
Uh, it looks like ESPN, you know, they all but all but might could have announced it today the way they were talking to each other. So it's like you two crazy kids are getting married, aren't you? Yeah, I, I can see the little buzz, little twinkle in your eyes. So he's going to work, and and that'll be good for him. And we'll see. Uh, that the coaching situation out Alabama is not going the way I thought it would. Okay, because Oregon's coach has decided he is staying. Um, and so I thought that was lead candidate. I'm going to tell you right now, Florida well, State well, fans. If you're at Oregon, you're getting paid big money. You got you got every facility yep. advantage, NIL, right? You you're, got you're going there, to the Big Phil Ten. Knight. You're going to the Big Ten, right? So what is what is the upside? So do I want to be the guy that followed Nick Saban? No, I want to be the guy that followed the guy that followed Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, how much more money are you going to get at Bama compared to Oregon? I, not not much more. I don't think. You know, I mean, so so I I mean it's it it's going to be hard for Bama to fill that position with the type of guys they want mm. because it's such a big shadow of Saban. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you, I mean, you know, look, if you're Bama, your list is like Lanning, Kirby Smart, uh, Sarkeesian, you know, guys right. that are at big schools that are paying big bucks. That do I want to go follow that guy? Right. No, they're yeah, you're right, and then they're not going, and so they're going to get this next level. And watch out, Florida State fans, because they're coming for Mike Norvell. The more, the longer this goes, the more it says to me the best Bama can do is like a Mike Norvell, and the best Mike could do would be to take that job if they offer it to him. Because, look, he won 13 games at Florida State, and it was unfortunate, the injury of the quarterback and all that. But it was Alabama, you know, that they took. And if Norvell, who, you know, who's worked there, I mean, he's never going to be hotter, right? And he's not going to have another perfect season, most likely. Now he's built something in Florida State, and it's hard not to finish that, you know, especially when you're recruiting kids and mm-hmm. you know all of that. But I very easily, you know, what is the future of Florida State in the ACC? What's the future of the ACC? You know, well, um, the future of the ACC is the question. I mean, I was talking to a Florida State fan today, and they were talking about, you know, oh, uh, you know, at some point we'll get in a better conference, and you know, uh, we'll, you know. No shot at the playoff next year. And I said, all you have to do is win your conference. Like, you know, being in the ACC means you win the ACC, you're in. Next year. Wasn't good enough this year. But with 12 teams, and the, the family, oh, you're right. You know, I mean, you know, as long as you can stay better than Clemson and Miami and, and you know, the other teams, if you can win the ACC, you're in the playoff. They're not, they can't take that away from you next year. It's guaranteed. Well, next year is guaranteed. That's yeah, what I mean. They expanded yeah. the playoffs, yeah. So yeah, it's I, a different deal than what they had this year. Mm-hmm. So but, you're right about that. But, you know, if I'm Norvell, if Alabama offers, you got to take it. Well, of course you do. It's a better job. I mean, you're it's in a, a conference job. that you're suing to get out of. Yeah, not, exactly. not sure where you're going to go, but you're suing to get out of it. Right. Exactly. And And, and you know... Are you going to go thirteen and zero again at Florida State? You might make the tournament, but it's it's possible in the ACC. Yeah, but it's not the story. Although you know Bobby Bowden and there's history there in mm-hmm. the national championships. So he's, I'm not trying to besmirch Florida State's success in football. Um, but if Mama calls, <laughs> you just got to take that. Yeah. You just got to take that call. You know, 
I would encourage I would encourage his wife to tell him, "Honey, we're going to Tuscaloosa." I know it's not Tallahassee, but it begins with a T. I mean, quite frankly, like, if Alabama calls Dabo Sweeney, he should take the job. Oh, Dabo! Dabo is probably sitting outside the statue of. He's probably one of those guys, you mm-hmm. know, with the Mayship Shrine outside of uh, the stadium yeah. with Nick Saban. Which um, a couple of years ago, you just said, "Nah, he shouldn't take that job after Saban." Right. But Isn't now, it amazing now, how? How how he has been tarnished though these last few years. I mean, well, I, for, I, I think it's that, but I think it's also the state of the ACC now compared to where it was a few years ago. That and the fact that Dabo did not embrace NILs mm-hmm. and transfer and, portals and transfer portal, and and he'd have to do both without Alabama. But he's as Alabama as there is, and I always just consider him the heir apparent. You know, those two guys. You know, after national championship games when they're handing it back and forth to each other, we're going down to Boca and fishing for tarpon together. It was kind of like their thing, um, and meeting at the diner and their breakfasts and all that, and who's buying. So, I always thought Dabo would be Saban's successor until Dabo's brand got dinged the last few years. Now, is that fair? That just because some the you know the face of college football changed a little bit, the rules changed a little bit, and he wasn't quick to jump on it, is that reason that Dabo is now? not the same coach that was winning national championships over Nick Saban a few years ago. I don't know. You know, you still got to build the program in Alabama and, and take over all those things. So, but yeah, he's as Alabama as anybody that's available. And I think Dabo would definitely, I'm not his agent, but I would think he would, it, it wouldn't make sense for him not to take it if, if they came to him, but I've not heard his name. You don't hear his name as prominently. I know he's on those, you know, vets for Las Vegas or whatever. Um, but I think it's going to be somebody like like Norvell. I really do. If if not him, in indirectly in or directly. So hold on to your. Uh, I also your heard what Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame's name mentioned. Have you heard that? I saw some reports of saying he's a, a potential candidate. I don't know how serious or true, but well, he'd probably be on the list, right? If you were if you were an AD making that I, list, I, and if if he gets called, you're. I mean. Notre Dame's a great institution and, and all that, but there's a lot of limitations there. I mean, it's the same reason Absolutely. Brian Kelly left for LSU from there. Absolutely. You know, some of the academic standards and some of that that you can't that make it harder to coach at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Look, there was a time where Nick was smart. He was he was in, you know, pretty ingrained in the Big Ten in Michigan State. Mm-hmm. He could have been there for a long time, but he kind of, you know, saw where this was headed with the SEC and television and the CBS deal and the talent that's down in the South. And he made the move to LSU, you know, and that was the right thing for him and for college football. And um, so, you know, yeah, I, I could see somebody. Alabama is, 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 like I said, it's, it's a golden brand. And it's going to be tough to follow him with all those national titles. Because here's the thing, like they've gotten themselves to the point where they can't lose a game, you know. It's not like the old days where it's like, you know, hey, you're nine and two, but you're going to the Orange Bowl, and everybody's happy with Joe Paterno. Um, the standard is now, hey, don't lose. I, I believe, and I might be off by a year or something, but outside of Saban's first year at Bama, he had, didn't lose more than two games. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, his record is stupid. It's incredible. But if you lose more than one, or sometimes if you lose one, they're like, well. Good luck next year. There's a story about Saban, and I can't quote it directly, but he was someplace after they had 
lost the national championship and they lost one game all year. And, you know, whatever store or place that he was, pumping gas, whatever, somebody came up to him and said, hey, you know, hey, coach, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll be better next year. I was thinking, better? We only lost one game? <laughs> like, shoot. You know? And that just kind of shows you that how high that bar is that he set and those expectations. And somebody's going to feel that when they go in there next year. Um, but I, I also don't think this, I don't think it's going to take long. You know, this is not a shock. They've known Nick Saban could could retire at any time. And this is probably, these discussions have been going on for years at the end of the season. So um, I don't think I don't think it's going to be more than a few days, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, look, every AD in the country, you have your short list. Absolutely. You know, every AD in the country has a short list of people I'm calling. Right. If my coach leaves or something happens, whatever. Now, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean... Only those people on the short list are the only ones you're going to talk to or might hire. Right. But you already have your list, and it's just a matter of, you know, who else comes out of the woodwork that maybe you didn't think would leave a position they're in but wants to. Yeah, but all, every one of those guys you're talking to, right, every single one wants this over with tomorrow, right? Whether they get it, don't get it, they're in, they're out. Like, they, every day that goes by, you could cost yourself a recruit that decides mm-hmm. to crawl into the portal if that's still open. Um, you know, there's just so much that goes on in college football with recruiting. Um, you got to hold on to these guys and none of these coaches want to be on that list. You know, they either want the job, but they don't want to just be on the list to be on it. And so it, it helps, it helps everybody in college football if Alabama makes a hire here pretty soon. So we'll see. Maybe by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, you'll know who the Alabama coach is, but we don't, uh, as we're doing it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, Steve, finally, you were at the Tampa Bay Lightning game. They had an interesting one against the New Jersey Devils. Jumped out to a lead, then it was tied, and then, hey, all we do is win in overtime with defensemen goals. What's going on with that? Yeah, Darren Radish, the OT winner. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, an assist on that goal, by the way. Uh, oh, does he get an assist? You're right. Yeah, and then dro- it was Cooch. Dropped and then, the putt yeah. to Cooch, who got it to Radish. There you uh, go. But, the, yeah, the Lightning played pretty well. Luke Lendenning, two goals. How about that? That uh, secondary scoring yeah. that they've been needing. You didn't like seeing give up a 3-1 lead? No. Uh, in, in New Jersey's one of the Shouldn't teams you're battling with for wild card, you know, so you don't like right. to give up the point. But ultimately, Lightning getting two points was more important than how many – New Jersey got out of the game. Right. Uh, and no, it actually, it, they gave up the game leading goal, which was overturned on an offside. It was, yeah. Uh, a challenge. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, the important things are one, the Lightning got the win and two points, which they need. Right. Um, particularly at home games. They don't play very well on the road, but at home. And two, Eric Chernak left after taking a hit late in the first and did not return. Yeah. And, you know, he took an elbow, a, a dirty hit. Uh, it was not called as a penalty. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, he takes an elbow to the head and leaves the game, doesn't come back. Now you worry about concussions, and we know he's had some in the past. Um, you know, no update as far as what he is at this point, but uh, that's not good. As Mikhail Sergachev is still out and Hayden Fleury is still out, um, you know, losing defensemen on a team that's struggling defensively is not a good thing. Yeah, no, they they got a lot of guys up um, trying to fill in right now, and so that that was tough. Um, but otherwise, you know, second half of the season, two home games, two wins. Mm-hmm. You like that, boy? When they put those standings up there, though, on the chart, man, I can't believe how many teams are within a point or two, and most of them, if not all, have games at hand with the Lightning. You they know? they all um, do because the Lightning have played the most games in the NHL. Right. So even though the Lightning might have a point or two lead for the final wild card, it's really not that, you know, that concrete or that solid. But if you keep winning, that's then you're good, you know. Just keep winning. Look, you win these next two at home, then you've got mm-hmm. Anaheim and who's a beat-up club. Mhm. And then you get Minnesota next week who's really beat up. Right. If you can win those two games and sweep this home stand. Now you're starting to be in pretty good position. Mhm. Mhm. You know that that they haven't won more than three in a row all year, which is unlike a Lightning team. Yeah, and 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 not that he can do it all himself, but I keep waiting for Vasi to Vasilevsky to go on a, get on a roll. You know, like just start. You do, although you know, I mean, two of the goals tonight. What the first one was off his back, yeah, on a bad angle, and the second one was kind of off his back and. I'm like, not blaming like, it yet. Like those but, were bizarre goals, and and right, and they, they happen, had some puck but, luck, and and they happened. And I'm not I'm not blaming this one specifically, but I'm just saying like I don't think he's played his best yet, and he's played pretty damn good. But he's around 500 or a couple games. He's above. 11 nine and 0 at this point. Yeah, I yeah, wonder was, how how healthy he is. He's coming off back surgery, and so well, we don't know. I mean, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, and and like I said, I think he's played well. Has he played great? No. Right. He's had, made some great saves. He has. I thought he and played he made, pretty well tonight. He made some big ones, yeah, tonight. But, yeah, I, I, you kind of want, I mean, at a position where you're constantly up, down, bending over, mm-hmm. like, had backs, or, like, is he really 100% yet? And, and uh, we'll I, never know. It could be a year from now. It could never, mm-hmm. he may never get back what he had. You know, you I know, mean, this is, different injury, but think of Chris Godwin's knee. And, right. You know, he came back, but we knew he wasn't 100%. And you could see he wasn't 100%. And he still had 1,000 yards. Right. right. And he got healthier as the season went along. But it it was, you know, and and you kind of wonder if if Vazzy's not the same way. Right. Yeah, I think the first year is tough. You know, a year from Mm -hmm. now, if he doesn't have any kind of recurrence, he'll probably be that much better. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think he's still working through some things. And I just don't think we've seen the best of him yet, you know. And maybe it's in there, maybe it's not, but um, I, I think I think he can play better. And uh, again, nothing he gave up was necessarily on him, but it's still it's still a path forward. It's still there's still some meat on that bone. So, but for now, you know, good start to the second half and and some thrilling overtime wins, exciting games to be at and to watch um, on TV and. Their record in overtime now is starting to creep up. Don't look now, but they're they're trying to get to five five hundred this year. I think. Well, they're four and five in overtime. They're five mm-hmm. and five in games decided pass regulation because they're one and zero in the shootout. So, yeah. After starting what zero and four in overtime, they're now four yeah. and five. So, oh man, it was grim there for a while. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, overtime. 
So, yeah, good for the Lightning. Good start for them second half. All right, so we'll be uh, watching all the NFL playoff games. There's some really great ones. Again, if it all goes chalk and the Bucks were to win Monday night, they'd be headed to San Francisco. I'm going to love the uh, you know the Rams at Detroit game, just full of drama with Matthew Stafford's return to Detroit. Of course, Jared Goff playing against his former team. That's going to be a great game. Uh, how about Kansas City? It's going to be like single digits out there for Miami Dolphins to go out there and try to play. It's cold everywhere right now. Do fish do well in snow? <laughs> no. They're cold-blooded. They freeze. They really they don't do well at all. Although, um, the weather, and Kansas City may need it because they're not playing great on offense. I don't you know, not, I don't see a receiver aside from Travis Kelsey that can catch the football consistently for Pat Mahomes. Um, their defense, though, is really, really good, especially they don't lose at Arrowhead. So it's it's a tough assignment for the Dolphins, who really needed to win the AFC East. They really let that one go. Um, and so they're, they're, they're going to be – they're going to be challenged, you know, in every way you can challenge a team as far as, you know, climate-wise and just the whole nine, nine But yards. will Taylor Swift be there? That's the big question. Yeah, I think she will. I think she's going to show up. She's going to warm things up, I think, uh, for those in the Kansas City area. And, you know, I've already got my uh, my 14-year-old, Natasha, is uh, noticed that pretty early on that the Bucks are at Kansas City next year. <laughs> And I'm like, well, let me get this straight. So you're going to go and sit in a stadium so that you can look through a glass window up there and somewhere is Taylor Swift? Is that how it goes? But, you know, those Swifties, just to be in the same building, Steve. Well, you got to hope um, that the relationship lasts that long. Uh, well, that's the thing. That That's that's what I didn't want to say, is that these two kids may not be together next year. And the album will come up called Travesty, and, you know, it's just not going to be the same. So... We'll we'll see when that game is actually going to be played. The schedules don't come out until the end of April, beginning of May, so we don't know the order yet. And if it's if it's this time of year, heavens to Murgatroyd, you don't want to go sit in that that weather. So, um, but yeah, there, there's man the, the Bucks schedule, which we have not talked about, um, is tough. It was going to be tough anyway. A lot of AFC West teams this year. Um, you know, a couple trips out that way to the Chargers in particular. But then they drew three of the toughest, you know, first place teams. When you win the division, you get the toughest schedule. So Detroit, Baltimore, and San Francisco all on that schedule next year. Wolf. I think two of those teams are going to make the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, those are the favorites. Yeah. Right now, they're the chalk, yeah, two one seeds and a pretty upstart Detroit team. So, yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be tough. It's a tough schedule. They go to the Giants. They play the NFC East, you know, so you're you're going to Dallas. Like, this is, you know, that's why, hey, uh, as I've said to, to Bucks fans that are on X or Twitter or whatever that just don't seem to get it, enjoy the good old days because you're in them right now. It doesn't get any better than this. You're the only team in the NFC with four straight, you know, active uh, playoff appearances, and and five will be hard. It'll be really tough to get to five. So, you know, enjoy Monday night, enjoy the weekend, and we will be back to talk to you about all the playoff uh, games as well as how the Lightning do over the weekend. We'll do that on Monday. Thanks for listening for Steve Rustic. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.